This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Episode number 37, Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley alongside. Good to be back in the saddle with you guys after a, uh, a week off, but, but here we are, back for another podcast before we take another week off for uh, Memorial Day. Oh, we are? Okay. Yeah, yeah. so... Well, yeah. yeah, I guess I forgot next Monday was Memorial Day. I, yeah. I live day by day, Mark. Yeah. So. I, I know you do. <laughs> Looking a week ahead on the calendar? Are you kidding me? Well, I have to. I'm going to be away. I'm going to be in Gatlinburg later this week. Nice. So, well, you yeah. mentioned a, a triple A. Yeah. So. Well, you're a traveling man. We ought to call you Rick Nelson. Well, I don't, yeah. I don't know how much traveling I'm doing, but especially with the gas prices the way they are right now. But uh, uh, are you yeah. having fun with that microphone? Uh, this this microphone's a bit messed up. Yeah. I don't know who messed around with this. Well, but the connections are, but that's okay. At least it's we'll, working. We'll leave it. Okay, we'll leave it like that. Because we can hear you moving it in the background. Yeah, sorry about so, that. Yeah. That's all right. So, uh, man, a lot has happened uh, over the... Uh, uh, course of the last couple of weeks. Yes. Um, yeah, and last it, Monday, I was available. Just let the record be known. <laughs> <laughs> you love throwing Good. me under Well, no, bus. you call me out when I'm not available. So, yeah. So, uh, in, from high school to college, I mean, yeah. you know, a lot has happened. Uh, the big question is, is anybody going to be able to beat the University of Maryland men's lacrosse team? Well, I certainly hope not as a, as a Terps fan, but it, it appears that this is one of those teams that just has so much talent on it. And, and they're obviously very well coached that they're just going to run away with it. Now, I say that knock on wood. I was really concerned with the Virginia matchup that here's a team that they lost to in the national championship game last year that they blew out during the regular season. It was either one of three scenarios that was going to play out. One, Maryland would win, but it would be a lot closer game. Two, Maryland would dominate them again. Or three, Virginia would get revenge and upset them, and it wouldn't be anywhere near what it was during the regular season. Well, obviously, scenario two played out. Maryland beat them pretty soundly again, 18-9. to So that's a, that was a big hurdle. I mean, I, I take a look at the teams ahead. You know, Princeton and what Rutgers and Cornell, I believe, are the other teams. Look, I say this with all due respect. They're all teams that Maryland ought to be able to beat. Uh, yeah. You know, and they, they blew out Rutgers in the Big Ten championship game at Maryland back a few Saturdays ago. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll find out, uh, you know, one game at a time. But this team is so good that, yeah, it is championship robust. Anything less would be a major disappointment, especially at this point. We'll keep talking about college sports uh, to start off uh, this week's podcast. So it's sponsored by our friends at Perrette Moy Therapy Associates, located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Perrette and all the staff there get you back to feeling new again. Accepting most insurance policies, so step away from the pain by calling Brett Moy Therapy Associates, 410-604-2982. So, staying with the college thing. Yeah, because um, I was going to say with lacrosse, I don't know if you're headed this way, but uh, there baseball. was also some, ma- well, no, I was going to say there was some major disappointment this weekend, though, with lacrosse. And that is both the Salisbury University men and women losing in quarterfinal play. It's rare that you find a women's or men's Final Four that doesn't have Salisbury in it. 
but they won't be. Yeah. And they both uh, they both got beat over the weekend. That was very very surprising. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And uh, uh, but baseball, I mean, University of Maryland baseball. Oh yeah, uh, okay. Fifty one years, and they finally won. Yeah, nineteen seventy one uh, ACC championship uh, was the last time that they had won first Big Ten championship. They haven't been in the Big Ten, or they've sure. only been in since twenty fourteen. But absolutely huge. I think the thing is though that people don't realize. Maryland, over the last 10 years or so, 10, 15 years, has actually built themselves a pretty solid program. Now, no, they're not one of the SEC teams playing in the World Series every year, but for Maryland, which doesn't have you know, all the money thrown into its facilities for a team that plays in a cold-weather region during most of the mm-hmm. season um, and, and now is in the Big Ten, which is less known for baseball, the ACC certainly more known for baseball and lacrosse than the Big Ten is, Wow. I mean, you, all the credit in the world. Rob Vaughn, who I've had a chance to interview a few times, has done a, an outstanding job. I just hope Maryland's able to keep him because the last couple of managers, one went to Virginia Tech, the other went to Michigan, and I hope Maryland's able to keep him. But what a phenomenal job. And this is a team that has a chance to go far in the uh, tournament. And without, uh, you know, we can't go without mentioning Virginia Tech. They, you know, win the ACC regular season championship yeah. ranked number three in the nation yeah that's right an amazing now. job too yeah and they too are in a cold weather right. climate exactly you know? yeah and uh they're gonna end up hosting uh, they'll well they'll be the number one seed in the acc tournament uh, but likely to be one of the hosts of a regional yeah. uh, matchup for the ncaa tournament it's virginia tech softball team that hosted a regional for the first time ever uh, but their softball team ranked number three in the nation too, well. and uh, yeah, I've had a lot. I had a lot of fun yesterday watching college softball because there were a lot of you know home teams that had to play and win too. Virginia Tech, one of those teams yesterday, they had to beat Kentucky twice. Uh, yesterday, and they did so. So you were on campus yesterday? No, I was watching from home. Oh, okay, so, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so, okay. Um, and they yeah. ended up beating Kentucky twice yesterday, yeah. and now will host their first ever Super Regional. Yeah, well, it's always cool to see teams that are doing something for the first time ever or for the first time, and yeah. as we talked about Maryland baseball, 51 years. So Yeah, yeah. so uh, good stuff. And, yeah. you know, the, the college stuff has been uh, phenomenal, um, you know, with, with these local teams doing – Really well, and we have already said. I mean, you, you mentioned Salisbury. It's a shock that that they fell out. You know, with their boys and girls lacrosse teams right. losing in the quarterfinals. That's yeah. kind of unheard. Of. Now, uh, baseball and softball. Uh, as of when we do this, uh, they have they have advanced from the weekend. So that's the uh, that's the good news. Although I think the baseball team was playing today um, because they had lost a game in the Granville. Um, region, so they need to win one more to get out of that. So we'll see how that works out for them. Um, yeah, they did. They split uh, there. And we'll see how it works out when they play that game. Uh, when you hear this, of course, the game will have already uh, occurred, but it will be, uh, you know, we wish Troy Brohan and company luck uh, in that. When we come back, I want to talk about high school sports and the playoffs going on right now. 
Hi folks, David Wilson Jr. of the Preston Automotive Group here. Did you know that we can deliver your vehicle straight to your home or office? You can view and purchase vehicles from Preston's complete inventory online at PrestonMotor.com. Preston Automotive Group is here to ensure you get exactly what you've been looking for. We can even custom order select brands straight from the source. Integrity, urgency, teamwork, personal growth, attention to detail, community. These are the core values we live by here at the Preston Automotive Group. We're family, friends, and professionals. Visit us online at PrestonMotor.com to get started today. And this portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance, located in Stevensville at 112 Long Canoe Circle in the Chesapeake Bay Business Park, now offering 24-hour gym access. More information at theedgetrainingacademy.com. So let's talk high school sports real quick. By the way, we got a jam-packed program today. Uh, we we're hoping to catch up with Brenda Riley, who's coaching in the Big 33 game that is on, uh, on Memorial Day Monday. Uh, we're also going to talk to Al Waters, the head football coach at Queen Anne's County High School, mm-hmm. about a cool thing he's got happening. And uh, then we'll wrap up the show today with uh, Bethany Langrell from 4L Seasons. want to get a little deep with her because... Uh, a month or so ago, we we had you know some situations where college athletes were committing suicide, and we're going to talk about pressure and how to handle things like that with her. That uh, you know might be of help to some coaches or or some parents or or even some of the student athletes and and non student athletes that are out there that listen to this podcast. But want to talk about uh, let's start with baseball. Um, St. Michael's and Colonel Richardson, you know, we've talked about them, you know, endless times. Yeah, 1A powerhouses. Yeah, and and we had Coach Brian Femi on with us a month or so ago. Yeah, great interview. Yeah, Yeah. and their playoff game ended with Colonel Richardson on a walk-off winning Mm 6-5. Yeah. Colonel Richardson got into the uh, the, the state quarterfinals and pasted Central. um, From Capitol Heights. Yeah, yeah, on the Western Shore. Yeah, yeah. And... Like twenty six nothing. Their pitchers yeah. tossed a no hitter. Austin Glessner hit not one but two home runs. The first of his high school career. Seven RBIs on the day for him. Yeah, it's rare you see a kind of blowout win like that in the quarters. Very yeah. rare. Well, and last year you saw it because I mean it happens, any but of the it's PG County teams well, you know participated. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I really wasn't expecting to see that this year. Um, and uh, so they'll advance. Snow Hill advance. Yes. And yeah. Colonel is now going to play Snow Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's happening uh, on SU. Tuesday at, at f- Salisbury University. Yeah, 5 yeah. o'clock. Yep. Yeah. So yep. if you're listening to this on Tuesday, the 24th of May, uh, those two teams will play today uh, with the winner advancing to the state championship game. Right. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, to have uh, an all Bayside semifinal with on the one half of the bracket, and for them to get that game at SU is big as well. So they don't have to travel. You take a look, and we're about to talk with three A softball to cater. They got to travel to Anne Arundel County. Yeah, and you know they don't have to normally. The, the of course, 1A, they're not playing another Bayside team either. To be fair, the one A semifinals are usually held out in Frederick. You know, so they don't yeah. have to go there, so, right. which That's is right. good. So yeah. you bring up a great point. Yep. Uh, in the 2A, as far as baseball is concerned, uh, Queen Anne's, I tell you, they they started struggling early and then came on strong down the stretch. Reminded me a lot of a couple of years ago um, when they had their run, their state championship run. Um, but their luck ran out. Uh, they, they got 
they gave up seven runs in the first inning against top seed of Patuxent. Mm. And uh, Patuxent's really good. Uh, and uh, It's a good football and, program, too, from time yeah, to time. Yeah, yeah. and they, they rallied. They, they got three runs uh, in the sixth, I think it was, but not nearly enough, and their season came to an end. Uh, but a good run still nonetheless. I mean, Queen Anne's had to beat some good teams to get to – you know, even the the state quarterfinals right. and able to win the, the region to come out of that. Well, you'd rather be playing your best ball going into the playoffs than you know limping in. And look, at the end of the day, with all these classes, only one team's going to end up being happy anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. And uh, you know, so it, it was it was a season when you look, you know, you didn't really know what we were going to get as far as performances, especially in the two way. You know, I mean, kudos to North Dorchester. North Dorchester was the third best team in the North. This you year. mentioned how competitive it was. Yeah. In the uh, in the Bayside, and right, not necessarily. Correct me if I'm wrong. Not necessarily too many runaway teams. No, not, pretty competitive. Uh, yeah, it was pretty competitive yeah. all the way across. Yeah. And uh, you know, North Carolina picked up a few wins that I was surprised about. Easton picked up a few wins that I was surprised about, and mm-hmm. and lost a few games I was surprised about. Um, you know, Ken Island, I kind of expected more, and I think Ken Island expected more mm-hmm. from themselves, uh, but but came up short in that one. But, you know, it was one of those things that it was still good to see the teams compete, good to see them out there competing in front of fans and uh, and just playing it out, I guess, without a weird season where you're limited as to who you're allowed to go see. Uh, Parkside is another one. You know, Parkside underperformed. Queen Anne's went to Parkside and upset them in the region playoffs. And that's how they advanced, you know, to play Ken Island. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it, it was interesting. Uh, as far as uh, softball, um, you know, St. Michael's tried to beat uh, uh, Colonel Richardson. I was going to say another and, yeah, St. Yeah, Michael's Colonel and, matchup. And mm-hmm. they, they, they tried to beat Colonel Richardson during the year and just needed to beat Colonel in the final regular season game to win the North, but they didn't do it. So Colonel swept them. Well, then they played in the playoffs, and it was St. Michael's uh, beating them. So then St. Michael's had to go to North Dorchester. North Dorchester, the number one seed, had had a heck of a year. But St. Michael's able to pull that out. Haley Sadler's had one hell of a year. Mm-hmm. They're going to miss that girl next year mm. as she graduates. Uh, but uh, they played South Carroll in the playoffs uh, in the state quarterfinals mm-hmm. the other day on uh, Friday or Saturday. And they were blank to nothing. So they, they are eliminated in the 2A North Carolina. Uh, shout out by Rising Sun. Rising Sun has been a beast for many years uh, in softball. I have that? Okay. And, okay. Uh, but this year, they just too much for Taylor Dawkins and company at North Carolina. They got shut out 10 nothing uh, in the 2A. So they're not participating any longer either. Uh, but again, they, they made the state quarters. Well, another, yeah, a number of teams that went uh, pretty far in, in the tournament. I know in, in covering every day for my sports reports, going through and making sure, all right, do I have everybody here? Yeah, and uh, sitting here looking in the 3A, um, I, I think it was, yeah, so uh, Stephen Decatur ended up losing in the 3A um, as they didn't make the semifinals. Uh, the, the 3A is represented by Towson, Reservoir, Chesapeake, Anne Arundel, and Thomas Johnson. 
So uh, they ended up losing. Um, and uh, you know, Stephen Decatur's. Well, did I, wait a minute. Are you talking about softball? Did I miss I'm, something? Well, I thought they I, played Chopticon. I'm back on baseball. Oh, you're back so, on baseball. Yeah, because. Um, yeah, was it, that was a bit of a surprise when uh, Decatur lost fair, fairly early, did they not? Yeah, they did. And uh, But Bennett was the one that was rolling through. Right. Um, you know, Bennett did a nice job rolling. Um, and Slight upset, I guess, right? Yeah. So, Four against one. Yeah, so Bennett beat Crofton 4-3 mm-hmm. and then turned around and beat Decatur 5-3, mm-hmm. ending their you know, really good season. Right. And then Bennett got beat by Chesapeake. Uh, by the of score Anne Arundel of, County. Of Anne Arundel County yeah. uh, by the score of 13-2. to two. Right. Uh, so that eliminated them um, for any sort of you know, chance at a state uh, championship. And, and that's where you're saying, well, wait a minute, what's Decatur doing in the 3A? Well, they play some sports in the 2A, some of the 3A, and that, that's not the only school that has that yeah. situation, too. Yeah, but. it's it's really... It's different, I guess you could say, because yeah, it's very interesting the how that they, plays. They do it by sport now instead of by school. You know, in years past, uh, up before COVID, they would rake you according to your attendance, right? Okay, right, um, and and put you in three a one a two a three a right four, population, yeah. you know, based on your school. Yeah. Well, now they're doing it by sport, still using those same numbers. But because each sport has a different number of teams that compete, they've divided that up so that, all right, so we've got so many teams that are playing baseball. They More teams play baseball than... You okay. Know, uh, then uh, right, because not every school has every sport. Right. Understood. Well, like okay. a lot of the teams don't have lacrosse right. in the South Bay side. Right. Okay. So the more so, sports you have, that that also weighs into you maybe being a higher classification. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Okay. So you know, there's just the way that they kind of rank you according right. to school population for that particular right. sport. Because I thought in Decatur's case too, it's that well, but since they're on the higher end of the two A, that some sports right. that's why they get absorbed into the three yeah. A. Yeah, and that's pretty much it because yeah. they're using those numbers. So, uh, but we were talking softball as well, and mm-hmm. I was bouncing all around. I apologize yeah. no, for that's that. All right. But uh, you know, Decatur, I'm going off my memory. You're looking at the website. <laughs> yeah. So, so Decatur, uh, they went in as a two seed. Their softball team had a heck of a year. Yeah, they did. And, they did. Uh, yeah. You know, they they beat uh, Arundel ten nothing, and then had an amazing game against Crofton and beating them three two, um, which was really good. Uh, and now that's going to set up one heck of a uh, battle um, that I believe they're being played at the Bachman Sports Complex. Yeah, like that's right. And, and, right. Anne Arundel County on Tuesday. So as there's drops, it will be today. Yeah. Field six, I think, against Chopticon. Yes, it is. And they're going to be playing Chopticon at 7 o'clock okay. um, on Tuesday night yeah. uh, with the chance to go to the championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the other side of the bracket is Damascus taking on Linganore. So, you know, the top four seeds. Frederick County matchup all, there. All met, you know, all made it back. You know, and it is a Frederick County matchup, but it's kind of sad that they have to drive all the way to Glen Burnie to play the game when they could have done right. anything closer to Yeah, home. that's right. That's right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, those two are very well known for, for football, but they, these schools have other uh, other sports than just football uh, in that. But, uh, yeah, and I think with Decatur, they won back-to-back Bayside Championships, but with a caveat that it didn't get played in 20 because of COVID, and there wasn't a Bayside Championship game played last year for some reason either. So, 
however that went, but uh, they they won you know won the base. We talked about how good a spring all the teams had, but the one team left of all of those teams is uh, is their softball team, and also too, Mark, uh, we didn't make mention about. Uh, boys or girls across yet? I was but, getting ready to bring okay, that up go ahead. Real yep, quick, sorry, sure. Um, Easton took on Huntington. Yeah, that's where I was going with that. Yep, and yep. and uh, ended up losing eleven seven. But Ken Island, who has been the beast of them all, really. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean they they are by far and away the best team here on the shore. Yeah, uh, they have made their way now to the championship game. Uh, and they'll be playing that at Loyola on Tuesday at a really sucky draw time, 4 o'clock. How can kids and parents and everybody get to a state championship game Tuesday at, at 4? At Tuesday at 4 o'clock. Yeah. You know, the and, state's got to do a better job and, with that. And, and, yeah, it's early in the week, and as well... You know, you have to you have to travel through Baltimore City, so you're looking at a traffic situation with people getting off at, at three o'clock and maybe a little bit later than that as well. And you have to travel up there. Now it's a beautiful field. Now it, the, I'm assuming that it's at their it's at their stadium, right. which is not on campus at Loyola. Curly Field um, is still used for practice and, and maybe uh, you know, maybe an occasional game, but their new stadium is uh, a couple of miles down the street. And it's absolutely beautiful. It's uh, right next to TV Hill, so it's it's great facility to go to and play at. But you have to get there, and you mentioned the time and day. Not yeah, great. I mean, four o'clock in the afternoon for a state championship game on a Tuesday. Yeah, I come on. I, I thought it was about keeping these kids in school. Obviously not. Yeah. So you know, because they got the rest of the week, they could get the games in. But they, you just got to do a better job. They do a better job with baseball and softball. Mm-hmm. You know, getting those games in. So uh, yeah. So we'll continue more conversations about high school sports. But uh, we want to talk with Al Waters from Queen Anne's County High School. He's next with us right here on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. If someone you know is exhibiting signs of depression or withdrawal. Take time to connect. Ask, are you okay? Listen closely and without judgment. Share mental health resources. For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center is here for anyone struggling with a mental health challenge. Visit forallseasonsinc.org. That's forallseasonsinc.org. It's okay to ask for help. For All Seasons is here for you. And this portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast brought to you by College Placement Consulting, providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online to schedule a no-obligation appointment now at collegeplacementconsulting.com. All right, so we mentioned Al Waters, the coach of Queen Anne's County High School, uh, the football team, joining us. Hey, Coach. Hey, how you doing? Doing good. Thanks for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime. We wanted to have you on because you announced recently a football skills training camp that is open to kids uh, that's going to be coming up in June. Tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, So this will be our second year doing it. Um, It'll be June 25th. Um, You know, last year we we threw it together at the last minute and it was you know, great success. Um, you know, we probably had about 80 kids show up last year. Uh, so we decided to do it again, um, you know, and bring in uh, Division One football players that actually put the camp on for us and some NFL players, um, you know, that played in the league uh, anywhere from one year to 15 years. 
So uh, we bring them in, and they kind of run the whole camp. Um, it, you know, last year uh, my coaching staff is there, but uh, we're just there to kind of to assist, you know, assist in whatever they need. Um, so it worked out great, like I said, last year. So we decided to uh, build off of that and, and keep going with it. Now, it's important to note that this camp isn't just for those that live in Queen Anne's County, right? This is open to anybody and everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, I sent Bill way down to, uh, you know, Jake Coleman down there at Decatur and, and, and uh, Riley there at Parkside and, uh, over to Kent County. And, um, you know, we sent it to the East and we're sending everybody, you know, obviously, um, you know, it, it, we charge 25 bucks. Um, so we, we use it as a fundraiser also. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, at the same time, you know, kids are getting uh, ex- trained from the visual athletes. They can see. Uh, what it takes, um, you know, some fundamentals and stuff. Uh, this year we have a guy that um, not only with your position group, we're going to kind of separate a little bit and, and take 20 minutes out, and he's actually going to teach how to run the 40 time um, for the older kids. Uh, so that way when they get to a combine or something, uh, they've kind of had some, um, you know, just a different sight. You know, I mean, I know coaches kind of work on these things and stuff, but, just a different view from somebody else teaching it. Uh, I think it helps a little bit. So, uh, you know, we're just trying to spread the spread the knowledge, uh, basically, you know, everybody on the shore, um, you know, trying to help, uh, you know, all the kids out in, in any way we can. You know, being a defensive guy, I, I was looking at the roster of the folks that are going to be there teaching. I mean, you obviously went heavy on defense. Uh, did Josh Wilson, a former a, a former Redskin uh, commander, uh, yes. Tony Booth, uh, Lorenzo Waters is going to be there. Derek Nelson, um, and Coach Tripp, you mentioned. I mean, so obviously some well known folks that ha- have run the gamut and have you know played the game. Yeah, uh, I, I tell you, look, I, I can't really take the credit for for getting these guys here. Uh, uh, I got a coach, uh, Cliff Donaldson. He's my uh, JV defensive coordinator this year, um, but uh, we, we kind of laugh about it between me and him. But he's actually going to step away. And this is his last year coaching uh, defense for my JV. He's actually going to be my player personnel guy, and uh, he, he kind of knows everybody. Um, <laughs> we had uh, two sons play at the Matha, and uh, so he, he basically everybody has come probably pretty much has a tie somewhere through the Matha. And he, you know, he's calling them up, asking them for favors, and um, you know, he's called quite a few people up. Some, some have said no, uh, but this year, you know, we're lucky enough to have uh, four guys that played in the league to say yes. Um, right now, we do have two guys coming from Penn State. Uh, I believe two from Maryland, uh, two from Delaware University. Um, we're working on a safety from Alabama and a safety, I think, from LSU actually coming also. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, he 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 works magic. You know, I, I, I truly got to give him all the credit, really. I'm just kind of uh, piggybacking him off a little bit, making the flyer. That's about what I do. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Coach, are, these are for, for high, current high school players, is that correct? Or maybe eighth graders going into high school? Yeah. So, we actually um, – we open it all the way up from first grade to to to, to uh, seniors. Oh wow! Um, okay, great. Yeah, okay. So um, we got so much help. Um, basically, how we figured it out, we we got two guys uh, between a pro or uh, you know uh, an ex pro and a college guy that we can have two guys pretty much at one station. Um, so we kind of separate the younger guys and the older guys at their their fundamental stations. 
if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then um, you know, they, they work on uh, – it's kind of like their choice, whatever they decide to show them. Um, you know, for example, like D-line, and they're probably gonna, they're going to work on um, maybe some moves on how to get off a double team. Um, but the younger guys might work on their stance a little bit, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're like, you know, with Coach Tripp and, and uh, Coach Waters there, uh, we call him Joe, he, um, he's actually doing some training right now for us on Sundays. He comes over. They're, they're gonna, we're going to break them apart and teach the older guys on um, some 40 times. Like, you know, he, he's really good with these starts. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's helped our guys out tremendous already. I'm, I'm kind of excited about uh, when our guys go to some of these combines um, just because their 40 times have improved so much. So that's how we kind of run it. And then at the end, we do do one-on-ones. Um, and then that's yeah, kind of age group oriented. Um, you know, we're not going to put, you know, first grader up against a, and a seventh grader, <laughs> um, but uh, it worked out well last year. It was great. Um, so, like I said, we're just gonna—that's that's the kind of route we're going with it right now. Uh, this this year, uh, because we had a little more planning involved, uh, our roster that we have coming is 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 really good. I think so. So first grade through 12th grade, rising first graders through 12th graders. Again, this is going on uh, coming up on the 25th of June from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock at Queen Anne's County High Stadium. If somebody wants to register for this, Coach, how can they go about doing that? Is there a website they can go to um, or or even a Facebook page that they can find that they might be able to uh, get the information needed? Yeah, so uh, if you go to either UQA's Facebook page, uh, Queen Anne's County High School football Facebook page, or my own Facebook page, we all have the flyer on there. Okay. Uh, there's a barcode I think you can scan. Um, yep. Uh, one of the gentlemen that uh, uh, coaches the UQA, um, Tristan, he actually did the flyer and did the whole barcode thing. That's a little above my, uh, right. my computer skills there. Uh, but uh, he did that. Um, you can always do it at the door. Uh, it does cost, right now, it's early registration for 25 bucks. Right. And when's that uh, end? Uh, we don't have a date yet. Uh, we may keep it their way. It, it's kind of all up in the air right okay. now on that. Um, uh, I think it's going to determine how many you know we have signed up, right, truly. Right, right. Um, Right now, the numbers are, are looking really good, uh, better than way better than last year already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that's how you can go about uh, signing up. Okay, all right, good stuff there. So before we let let you go, we got to talk. Um, you know, Mike and I, we our eyes perked up when you talked about a, a director of player personnel. Let me give you um, the definition of a player personnel. Um, liaison between departments helping students deal with compliance, student services, strength and conditioning, travel plans, facilities, housing, parking, and legal matters. And, of course, you know, the first thing that pops into my mind is also recruiting. But I, I know you can't recruit, but... <laughs> yeah. so, well, uh, the recruiting aspect would be more of... Uh, uh, coach, 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 coach. You can't recruit in high school. Just try to say, you're right, coach. You're right. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to keep you out of trouble, baby. <laughs> well, well, we don't, we don't, we, we don't recruit. But if a kid wants to come and play for me, I'm not turning anybody away. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. No, I, I got that. So <laughs> I'm with you on that. But you know, it's just, it, it's, yeah. When I look at like your program, and I look at uh, Jake Coleman's program at Decatur, and and what Griffith's trying to do back at Easton, you know. 
as a former coach at North Carolina, we were limited as to how many people we were allowed to have on our staff. And I felt like it hurt the kids. But when you look at the coaching staffs uh, at the schools in Queen Anne's County and what Coleman's doing with Decatur uh, and, and even with Griffith and, and Easton, I mean, when you look at those, you know, it, it's not one to one, but by golly, it's like three it or feels four. Like it. yeah, yeah, it's like three yeah. or four to one. The number of coaches that you guys you know are allowed to have, which can only help your programs. Yeah, so there's only five paid coaches um, through the board of ed. Okay. Now everybody has to back pass a background check. Right. Right. Um, through the board of ed. So as long as they can pass the background check, um, then they are good to coach. Um, and up to my discretion on how many coaches I want or how many I, I don't want, um, that they leave that up to me uh, because the, if something happens between a coach and a player or anything, uh, they basically just look, you know, make sure you know who you're hiring because it will fall back on you. Right, coach. right. So, um, you know, the, the good thing is I do have, I think there's 20 of us, um, give or take, uh, <laughs> one or two there. But uh, it's um, the good thing is all, the co- all of them have either – played for me or i've coached with them for a long time right. uh so we got a good relationship uh there but um yeah yeah i mean i i think if you don't have enough coaches i know you can say sometimes it's too many during the season but truly in the off season you got to have those coaches because you know i got coaches that play that coach other sports so they may not be there for a whole spring season but you know three other coaches don't have anything going on in the spring so they're right. there in the weight room with me or uh, vice versa in the wintertime, you know, the right. summertime when everybody's got vacations and stuff, it's, it makes it a lot easier. It just makes it a lot easier. Well, and, and Coach, in previous conversations we've had, you've talked about you know, how many people in the community want to be a part of things and that uh, you don't lack for people that want to be a part of the program, but, you know, paid or not paid. And so certainly that's a that's a great thing. So no no question that, uh, you know, you're, you're going to have big numbers, or it's no surprise, I should say, that you're going to have big numbers. But, but let's ask within what, you know, within the framework of what is that position, though, player personnel, what what is the job description of that, uh, of that position? for next year once he steps down from coaching so so cliff right now is uh he's basically we've had 20 over 20 schools come to our high school right now to recruit kids i mean obviously kj's a big name but mm-hmm. um not just kj from ashton to to uh knit or to nate to amir and we've had a handful of kids and uh i think 20 some schools it, i know that's the most since i've been there uh, mm-hmm. maybe the most since I was there for all those years combined, um, and he's had a huge, huge part in that. Him and him and my nephew Jordan Water. So, um, but so so he's gonna he's gonna kind of take over the whole aspect of helping kids getting get into college. Um, you know, for example, like you know some of these kids don't even know they they should be taking their SATs going into tenth grade, not waiting until their senior going into their senior year. Right. Right. Um, and just things like that. Um, that's what he's going to be, you know, control of. Kind of like the off-season stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, still going to be there during the season time, um, but more or less, that's you know, that's what he likes to do. Uh, he's very, very good at it. Um, I think we've taken four or five road trips already this year, taking kids up to see schools and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of what he's going to be in charge of, and um, and he's already kind of doing it now. So he's just going to. I'm going to let him run with it however far he wants to take it, and, and we're going to go from there. <laughs> 
it's probably too difficult at a school for somebody to wear all the hats of the different sports. But you know what? That that's a position at a school that would be perfect. You know, as a paid position. But the fact that you have somebody doing it for your football program is huge. And you know, Mark, you and I have talked about it a lot on these previous uh, podcasts. That, that coach, we're seeing this just absolute uh, explosion of. Big, uh, excuse me, Bayside Conference teams that again I think are are really ratcheting up their football programs and not just the the PR aspect, but what they provide for their players, especially in the off season and training, but also as you talk about uh, letting them be seen by colleges and the things that they need to do in order to put their best foot forward. I think it's great, and I think we're really seeing an evolution of these uh, high school programs on the Eastern Shore. I think start to mirror some of the ones on the Western shore or kind of be like almost college preps uh, and that's not a bad thing that really helps these kids out yeah everything he's bringing like I said, he's his two his oldest son uh blake graduated from queen Anne's, uh but his two youngest sons went to Damasca, and um that's basically he's bringing that kind of mentality here so basically everything he's learned there and what they do on how to get the kids um in the school you know, obviously they have a lot more Division One players, but it's it's the same concept for Division One, Division Two, or Division Three. Um, so it's he's bringing all that to us, and I, I think it's huge. Um, you know, we lose a lot of kids for lacrosse to some private schools, um, and 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 even a couple of baseball kids. And every now and then we we, we do lose a, a a star football player, but um, this last year the, the incoming eighth graders about four of them were debating on going to a private school and what what we've just done this year alone uh, all four of those kids now are actually going to stay at Queen Anne. Well, and that's right. my point. It's about as much retaining kids as yeah. as anything, as as showcasing them to, to kids from the outside um, yeah. who have a decision. Yeah. Yeah. So. Good, good stuff. Again, can't stress it enough, if you've got a child between the grades of 1 through 12 that are rising first graders, uh, through 12th graders, the uh, Queen Anne's County uh, High School Football Camp. It's a uh, football skills training camp going on June 25th. That's a Saturday from 11 to 1 at Queen Anne's County High School. Registration is only $25. That's the early bird. Right now, there is no date for uh, raising the price. And you can get uh, sign-up information at uh, the UQA Lions uh, Facebook page. You can also find a UQA Lions dot sporting. Yeah, I can't even get that. So just uh, look for the UQA uh, UQA Lions Facebook page, the Queen Anne Lions football team Facebook page, or Coach Al Waters his Facebook page as well. You'll find the uh, flyer there, and there is a UR code on there that our QR code that you can uh, scan to uh, get to the registration form. Coach, we appreciate it. Uh, are you looking forward to uh, August tenth yet? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we we can I tell. Am. Seven on seven start uh, real soon as well. So uh, I, I yeah, guess we, we'll, couple, we have a couple eight on eights also that we're in. So oh, okay. I, I can't wait for uh, I can't wait for any of them really. I'm I'm, I'm really excited. So. Well, hopefully yeah. you'll be out at the one that's at Easton High School, July 23rd, that we've partnered with Easton to uh, uh, you know, uh, help sponsor the 7-on-7 uh, uh, the seven seven, uh, shore battle there as well on the 20, uh, 23rd of July. So yeah. 
Hope we can see you there. Well, listen, thanks for joining us. Greatly appreciated, and we look forward to talking to you again before the start of the season uh, so that we can talk about all the great stuff and start to, you know, uh, well, we tell all the coaches, get all that billboard material ready for (laughs) for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, Coach. We appreciate it. Thanks. Absolutely. You guys have a good day. Take care. You too. Al Waters. Al Waters, Queen Anne's County High School football coach there with us uh, talking about his camp. I think that's an awesome thing that they're doing. Absolutely, Mark. Uh, look, the more of these that take place, I think the better. Again, it it not only helps the high school kids and kids that are even in high school yet, uh, it helps those at the rec level, uh, but uh, it also, at the same time, is a, a great promotion of Bayside Conference sports, in this case, football, uh, and uh, looking forward to you know more of these popping up. And I think you're going to see that, Mark. I think we're starting to see a domino effect. And, and Coach did mention this will be the second year, but more organized this year. But you're seeing Easton, and you're seeing others start to pop up that are pushing events that they want to have. And, hey, uh, the more the merrier. Everything you can do to make the athletes on the shore better at a particular sport is only going to help raise the level of competition across the shore. And and again, you heard him say, and this has been my point the whole time, it's as much, too, as this helps to retain the kids that are at the school so that they don't get away. Or in cases where eighth graders do have a decision to make, right. they're going to say, you know what? The, this program, there's no need to take that long trip across the bridge. I've got a program that's going to, to to take care of me and is going to look out for me and help me be the best that I could be for college uh, right here on the shore, right in my backyard. And, and a lot of the high schools have had coaches from colleges, D1, D2, D3 colleges and programs come into their schools this year more so than I've ever seen. You yeah, know, and, and in, I think in, they're also being highlighted more thanks to a number of social media uh, social yeah. media platforms that right. are out there now. You're Absolutely. Right. Yeah. We'll continue our conversation. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Hanging out with Bob Pino at an optical gallery. Hard to believe it was 2015, the last time I had my eye exam and replaced my glasses. But now you have hooked me up with some amazing glasses for everyday use. The OVO frames are so lightweight and durable, we have one hanging with a 45-pound weight holding the weight up by the frame. Very durable, lightweight, fashionable. And it's a challenge for me because you said even I could not destruct them. They are very, very durable frames. It's lightweight, strongest frames I've ever had in the store, but very comfortable and stylish. They look good on me, and that's what's important, because I need all the help I can get just to look good. An Optical Galleria, West Water Street in Centerville, Harrison Street in Easton, and in the Tealmarsh Plaza in West Ocean City. You can pick up the phone and give them a call at 443-262-9415. Or always online at eisenart.net. And this portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GAF certified and shingle master roofers take care of your home or business today. No, that's not rain or sleet. That's Mark Potter's ice in his glass in the background. More info at MidshoreExteriors.com. I've used Midshore a couple of times in my house already. They've done a really nice job, and I need them to come out to do uh, one other piece of work as well. Oh, good. Yeah, they're good people, that's for sure. Midchurchsteriors.com. Yeah, I, I'm thirsty. So I had to, you know, I was trying <laughs> well, you to You could have turn your mic off. Well, I, I thought I did, <laughs> but I didn't. So, uh, 
Uh, time out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. You know, I asked Coach, are you excited for August and August 10th? Because that's the first day of practice um, for the fall sports Now, teams. for me, that's the third day of the White Marlin Open. But yeah. go ahead. <laughs> that's right, because you're on vacation. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, but yeah. I, I am excited for our 14th year of bringing folks overtime live on 94.3 Winks FM. Uh, because, man, I tell you what, we've got so much to look forward to this year. I, I think this year is going to be the most competitive year across the board. I mean, when you look and, and you've got, you know, Easton and you've got Ken Island and you've got Queen Anne, you know, you don't know what North Carolina's going to have. It's going to be, you know, there's a lot of storylines that you'll start to cover with our annual yeah. preview show on the 26th of August. Yeah, I am just in my mind kind of going back and forth about the statement you just made and saying, okay, let me let me weigh this out in you know, like a nanosecond here. But generally, it, it's tough to argue that point, not only with teams returning talent, but some teams that have lost talent, that they're still going to be good, but they may come back to the pack a little bit with some of the others who may now take a step up to where we thought they were going to be last year or however the scenarios play out. But you throw some schools out there, Ken Island, Queen Anne's, uh, Easton. It's going to be very interesting in year number two for Cambridge, who came on at the end. Um, you know, Steven Decatur, Wicomico, Parkside, yeah, I mean, and, and you mentioned North Carolina, you know, I mean, look, you're always going to get solid play from those guys, no matter what the win-loss record is, you're, you're going to be in for a battle. So on the surface, I agree. I mean, we talked last year how good top to bottom, and, we, you know, we didn't even mention Colonel Richardson in there and the job right. that they've done. So, yeah, I mean, from top to bottom, last year was pretty darn competitive. No reason to think that you're right this year, and maybe even more so. It's funny to think this year we have new head coaches at kind of. <laughs> Ken Island and Easton, right? Yeah. Kind of. But, you know, the old head coaches come back yeah. in Sofanowski and Griffith. We've got new head coaches at J.M. Bennett yes. uh, because the coach from Washington moved to Bennett. Mm-hmm. So Bennett had an opening. Kent County had an opening. You know, so, I mean. Which we still have not heard about, have Yeah, we? no, we haven't heard. Uh, know, that's interesting. Yeah. But, so yeah. Uh, they have had to fill the position, just not told well, us. Mark, you would I'll, know. I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to Kevin <laughs> yeah. Taylor, the athletic director yeah. there, and see if they've made a decision. They did say to you, though, that, hey, we've got the spring season starting. That That's a priority first right. for us because I guess they were caught by surprise with right. the decision, which, you know, certainly totally respect. But, um, yeah, I, I've got to think maybe they'll hire within. But, uh, yeah. yeah, but anyway, to your point, though, it, it, it should be another very interesting year. And look, as we talked about, with more of these schools really in the off season doing a lot more in the way of tournaments, and off-season workouts and visited colleges and, and all the things that they're doing, the seven-on-sevens, the eight-on-eights. I, I guarantee you 15 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago, you weren't seeing any of this stuff. But over the last, I'd say, five years, a team here, a team there, a couple teams there, slowly but surely, now it's really started to gain steam where these programs are taking it to the next level from where they've been before. And you can ask uh, Coach McCormick. I bet he'd tell you that. You can ask now Coach Knox is retired. I know he'd tell you that. So the, the times are changing for the good, though. You just mentioned McCormick, and you bring up a great point. It's going to be interesting. His top two assistants retired mm-hmm. in you know, college. Joseph and Jody Ward, McCormick decides to stay on. It's going to be interesting to see who takes what positions among his staff 
and and is he grooming somebody to take over when his batteries finally die sure you know sure. so to speak um he wasn't quite ready to give it up, and I think it had a lot to do with he didn't have somebody there that he wanted to turn it over to. Yeah, know? I think we've yeah we've yeah. kind of laid that out at this point, and I would expect that uh, dra- unless something drastically changes, I would tend to think that this is what that year's all about. Yeah, I, th- I think you bring up a good point. So it'll be interesting. So it'll be fun having Coach Damon Ferragamo a part of our Preston right. Ford Game of the Week right. presented by our friends at uh, Best Western Plus Easton for all seasons and Kona Ice. They're going to be out and about uh, here soon as well uh, across uh, uh, the Queen Anne's, Caroline, and Talbot counties. Right, and that's us taking things to another, another level. I'll give you the credit for, for working things out on that with uh, – the, the cool things that we have going on. Yeah, the yeah. tailgate parties to right. lead off the seasons. Yeah. And gosh, and there's more announcements coming, you know, in, in future podcasts. So, so um, you know, so we got, you know, stay I tuned. I have no idea what you're a- talking about. Episode 38. <laughs> well, some things you just don't need to know, Mike. Right. Well, and, and the other thing as well is, you know, we've gone out to talk to the coaches. I mean, the plan is to continue to do that for the game of the week, that is. Yeah. We did that. We're doing our videos. Uh, also, getting to all all the training camps you and I want to get to as many uh, summer practices and such, and probably on well, that you, White Marlin week, I do. probably will be getting to a few. You, you do. You want to get out to them? It, well, I do. It's well, too it's hot not, for me. Oh, come on! <laughs> it's too hot. For uh, just me. drive your truck up and look out your window. <laughs> there you go. You, know, you, you could do that from Watch from, from afar. <laughs> so. Hey, I, I know we were supposed to have, and I don't mean to steal. I don't know in in the whole workings what you had planned there, but I know we were going to talk to Riley, Coach Riley, about the Big Thirty Three. Yeah. Um, we haven't gotten him on, but if it's okay if I may just mention a few things about sure, that. Sure. Well, just in that, we were wanted to talk to him about the Big 33. Coach Riley's coaching the offensive line for the Maryland team, and the Big 33 has roots going back actually to when Pennsylvania played Texas for a mm-hmm. couple of years and uh, back in the 70s, and then it became Pennsylvania and Ohio, then Pennsylvania, Maryland, then it went back to Pennsylvania, Ohio again, and now it's Pennsylvania, Maryland again of uh, the best 33 from Maryland against the best 33 in Pennsylvania. And they've played that game when I used to go in the 90s and early 2000s. It used to be at Hershey Stadium. They played in a number of different places. Uh, it's not at Hershey this year, but uh, that said, it's quite an honor uh, for uh, Coach Riley to to, to be selected a part of that coaching staff. And I know that on Sunday night, they actually got to practice at M&T Bank Stadium of Baltimore before heading up to Pennsylvania. And uh, it's a great honor. They moved this game up because of guys getting into college campuses earlier and getting an earlier start uh, for their teams. But uh, looking forward to this one. It will be aired on the uh, CW, I believe, CW54 out of Baltimore, uh, which I believe is uh, carried on at least some of the cable networks, uh, I guess, Atlanta. Atlantic uh, and east of a lot, or yeah, Easton and, and Atlantic um, and Verizon, some others. So. But, but the thing that kind of disappoints me about this, it, it is great that we have some shore representation, but you got Therese Worthy from Parkside, and and you've got Jace Freeman from Y High. Mm-hmm. Those are the two players from the shore. Are they the absolute two best from the shore? 
Freeman, I'll give you. Well, I, to be fair, I, I don't know what other players may have been invited but declined. I mean, not they, they, to be fair here with PA and Maryland, there are players that have decided that got selected have decided not to play in this game, and that's been a little bit of a challenge for them over the last couple of years. Um, but I, I understand what you're saying. It would be nice to have a few more shore representatives, but I don't know that those players didn't necessarily say I, I can't do it for whatever reason. Right. So again, that game's taken. Taking place on Memorial Day Monday, uh, two o'clock in the afternoon, and uh, Pennsylvania has done a pretty phenomenal job over the last two yeah, years. They've, <laughs> yeah, they've yeah. Pennsylvania has has dominated the series, although Maryland's gotten better at times uh, against them. But yeah, twenty yeah. to nothing last year, and back in twenty nineteen, it was twenty one nothing. Yeah, so. offense has been an issue. They've been, uh, I think, one of those uh, last year was special teams, but they all count nonetheless. But uh, quite an honor for Coach Riley. And if we can't get him here, hopefully we'll be able to get him uh, after uh, next week, after the game is uh, is played. But uh, I tell you, back in the 90s, early 2000s, Mark, I used to go down on the field and get autographs from a lot of D1 guys, that some of whom went to the NFL. And I, uh, I still have my Big 33 books. I would go up with my uncle, uh, Uncle Steven, and the one who I talk about got me into high school football and Friday Night Lights well before I even played in high school and became a part of this venture. And I just got word from Kevin Taylor at Kent County High School. They have hired a head football coach there at uh, Kent County. So the Do Trojans, we know who it is? Yeah, actually, uh, Harold Somerville, who was an assistant on the uh, staff last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's uh, actually... But we'll have to get him on in a future podcast for sure. Absolutely. I've already asked for information. And we thought that that would be the case, probably, that that somebody on the existing staff would would take over. Right. That was a fair fair guess. Yeah. And uh, he's actually worked with the youth program as well. So, uh, you know, know, it's one of those things that uh, I, I think overall, is a good hire for them. If they can keep the rest of the coaches and keep that continuity with what they were starting to build, because remember, you know, last season they had a majority of players were freshmen as, as much as anything. They didn't have much of the way of juniors and seniors and such. So if they're able to continue the continuity and continue to build from what they started last season, then hopefully things will be you know pretty good shape. Absolutely. Well, we've got Beth Ann Langrell. She's joining us next right here on Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. And this portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast is brought to you by Queenstown Bank, your hometown community bank, serving the mid-shore for over 120 years, convenient online and in-person banking. Plus, they have the money to lend. Get more info at Queenstown Bank at any Queenstown Bank location or go to queenstownbank.com. We're not editing that, by the way, so just so you know. So, <laughs> Mike Bradley, Mark Potter, and Beth Ann Langrell with us from For All Seasons. Hi there. Hello, boys. How I, are you? I just want Doing you to know, well. trying to get you scheduled is like trying to get the president of like <laughs> a major corporation in, you know, online with us. Well, considering that my title is CEO and president uh, of a major corporation, was, it fits yeah. right in line with what I would end up thinking you would have to do to get me scheduled. <laughs> <laughs> At least I know that I am living up to my title. <laughs> yes, you are. Very well, too. I, I, I know you all have been busy. Um, listen, I, Beth Ann's joined, joining us because it, a serious topic, really. And... Um, 
I called and reached out to you because in the month of March and April, five, at least five, NCAA athletes died by suicide over two months. Okay. Uh, Sarah Schultz, Katie Meyer, Jaden Hill, Robert Martin, and Lauren Burnett. Um, and, of course, she was the one, I think, the catcher at JMU. And, and I think that just kind of pushed me over the edge, so to speak, on that, that, you know, as a dad to two freshmen, you know, college kids, mm. who are now becoming sophomores, and and knowing that Virginia Tech had a suicide by a student this year and then one attempted and then changed his mind in the middle of it, thankfully, um, it got me thinking about high school kids and youth kids and, you know, all of their pressure, whether it's self-induced, parental-induced, or just peer-induced, that the kids feel and that they feel like there's no way out. And, and I feel like we have people listening that are parents, that are coaches, that are students, that something to talk about like this would be good for them. And I think yeah. you're the perfect person to talk to about it. Yeah, you know, Mark and Mike, I, you know, I will tell you that we've had many conversations in our office. And um, I have a couple of folks in the community who call me every time that there is something that comes up in the news that says, like, hey, have you heard? Mm. And we are doing our very best as an agency to reach out to parents and coaches um, through our social media outlets and checking in when there's something that happens at the school that's local to us. Um, so I really appreciate you opening up the conversation because it is it is something that we are all watching happen or it is happening in our lives, but we don't necessarily have the follow-up real conversation of what the impact is. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's hard to believe, but, like, for students 15 to 24, suicide, depending on what survey you look at, suicide is the second or third leading cause of death for students 15 to 24 and that's kind of scary yeah I, I wouldn't i wouldn't have thought that yeah and you know i mean here's the thing too that you know people will resonate to the conversation when a suicide happens of you know did i miss the signs and you know what should i have seen or what could i have done differently yeah. and, and one of the things that i think is really important is that yes it is the second highest cause of death for that age group um, it doesn't change in terms of the cause of death um, for our older folks either. So it's really important to know that this just isn't an adolescent issue. This is something that's also happening, especially in the male population, for people over the age of 45. They're, it's one of the highest, it's second um, highest reason that people are dying next to heart attacks in the, in the, the larger or the older category. Um, and one of the things that is so hard for us to wrap our heads around is that 50% of the people that are dying by suicide do not have a mental health diagnosis. Hmm. And so what we have to know in these conversations is that there might not be signs. And there, there is that space that's left for people who are members of family and friends thinking, what could I have done? What should I have done differently? And sometimes, you know, number one, those answers can't be given because the person is gone. Right. But number two, there isn't always a sign. And so that's where we just have to really be diligent about checking in on our students. We have to be checking in with our friends. You know, you both have heard me over the last couple of years as we've done overtime live together talk about the importance of simply just asking, are you doing okay? And saying, are you thinking of harming yourself? And people say, like, you want me to ask that question? Yeah, we do. 
You don't have to have the answer as to how to solve the problem. But if we're not having conversations and if we're not presenting the question of, are you thinking of harming yourself, then we can't get the answers that we need. Talking with Beth Ann Langrell for all seasons, and we're talking about mental health. And you mentioned the thing about uh, you know that they haven't been diagnosed. I'm sitting here looking at a study, and it says over 90% of persons who commit suicide have a diagnosable mental disorder um, that could have been diagnosed if they were. I, I don't know if they, if they went to the doctor or if it was discovered because i think for so many years and you and i've talked about this many times mental health was a taboo subject and oh, you know yeah. now it's like more and more people are becoming more comfortable with it and, and talking about it but even going to see somebody to talk about their feelings or talk about their uh you know th- what the things that they want to do sure sure and you know we talk about we talk about so many things um, when it comes to mental health and mental wellness, and it is. It is there is huge stigma around it because there's judgment. You know, I just gave a presentation today to a bunch of high school students, and I said, you know, imagine what life would look like if you didn't face judgment. And so when you look at your athletes who are facing criticism if they're not performing well or, you know, there is such pressure to keep your grades up to be able to continue to play to if you want to play a college sport, you know, am I going to be good enough when the scout comes to the game? You think about all of these pressures, and that doesn't even add into the judgment that comes on social media. And it's so easy in this day and time to lash out at people on social media. The person who types it gets to walk away. The person who reads it gets to sit with it and figure out what to do with it. And so if we're not having the conversations about mental health and we're not having the conversations about mental wellness, then it doesn't surprise me at all that 90% are the people who could have been diagnosed and only 50% are because there is shame sometimes associated with being able to say, I need help or I'm not doing okay. If you, if you live in a family where mental health and mental wellness is not talked about or addressed, you might not even as an individual recognize that this continued panic that I'm feeling and this gut-wrenching pressure that I have is treatable because you might not even recognize what it is. And so that's why the conversations that we're having, you know, someone, someone can live with bipolar disorder and be in a great space. But the, you know, the sort of misnomer out there is if you have bipolar disorder, you're crazy. Well, no, that's the furthest thing from the truth. It just means there's a chemical imbalance in your brain and there's wonderful doctors and therapists and medication that can help with that. And on the same time, at the same time, somebody who's struggling with anxiety or depression, it might just be that we have to help that individual learn some new skills and tools. So whether it's breathing exercises or whether it's figuring out how to manage the stress of a day, it doesn't always mean that a mental health diagnosis leads to medication, which is a big thing that stops people from seeking help because they don't want to be put on quote unquote medication. So I think it's just really important for our families, the athletes, the coaches to understand that sometimes we are talking about a diagnosis with a mental illness that will be able to be helped through medication and therapy. But other times we're talking about bringing forward that conversation to just give it a name and be able to say to a student, "Here's, here's how you can Think about doing things in a way that can help to lessen your anxiety. You know, when this happens, here's some skills and tools to help you through this. 
Beth Ann, taking a look at the, at the numbers, as Mark may mention, with 15 to 24-year-olds, and you think and one of the first things that comes to mind when somebody that young takes their life is that you're thinking, well, look at how much life they have ahead of them. You know, I, I, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 things could have gotten better. You know, they have so much life. How could they have just done that then as compared to somebody that, that may have been, say, 65 years of age? But mm-hmm. the thing is, I'm sure that, that as you explain to people, is that but those people that are going through a difficult time they're not thinking about that they can barely get through the day that thinking about life ahead actually that's for them that's not something that they see as a positive when they're going through such a difficult time especially in the short term yeah absolutely and you know mike here's the thing i i think about even my own life as a 46 year old woman you're 46 i'm 46 Hmm. what i know now at 46 and being a mother of two is way different than what I knew as a 15-year-old athlete in high school. Mm -hmm. And my brain hasn't stopped forming at 15. I don't have nearly as many life skills at the age of 15. Um, There's there's pressures that in high school at the age of 15 felt so different than they do now as an adult. So we have to put in the context of, you know, our kids are still learning skills and tools and how to navigate really tough stuff that we as adults, we've got another 30 years of experience on top of that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that is a piece of it. I think the other thing that comes in is the the television, you know, the series on Netflix, the, the series like 13 Reasons, where there is a, an entire series of 13 episodes, and ultimately it's walking through a young girl who takes her life. The piece that misses in those 13 reasons Netflix series is the education that goes along with that. So it's like an open loop. And so kids who are really struggling look at, from time to time, may look at that series as like, well, that's the best option. And so it's our job as parents to help to remember that when you're 15 to 24 years old, you are just understanding what it means to live this thing called life to be able to have to deal with some really hard situations that we as adults struggle with 30 years later. Mm. And ultimately, if we can't continue to bring that education, then they don't see tomorrow. And, you know, here's the thing. the One of the ways that we talk about suicide and conversation at our office is helping someone understand that it can get better. And you might have to say that a lot of times to someone, but you're right. When someone is in a state where they have decided to take their life, they can't see that tomorrow will be better. And Mm -hmm. that's where all of these skills, tools, mental health treatment, and that consistent check-in becomes so important. You bring up a good point, and and I think, and and you'll tell me uh, if I'm right, do kids that are thinking about suicide, obviously they think it's the only way out, but... Are we having trouble identifying what the stressors are or what it feels like to to be bipolar or what you know the 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 um, what what word am I looking for the uh, um, you know what it feels like to have bipolar what it is what it is like to uh, be have so much anxiety that that you have the pains in your stomach and you know, you just are kids unable to identify these things and seek out help, or you know, do they think that they have to go on their own? I just, I don't, I, I don't get it. I mean, I think it's a mix of all of that, Mark. But I think it's really important to just call attention to the fact that we all experience 
mental health and mental wellness differently. And so what it might feel like for you might feel very different for Mike, might feel very different for me. And so, you know, there's a there's a, a lot of the sort of, um, especially as a student athlete, there is, I remember, I remember playing in my high school um, championship game, and I just remember, like, I had that, I've got to go with this on my own, like, I've got to perform at my very best with my team. I was playing soccer. Um, so there was that huge responsibility for me as an individual player, also associated with my team. But my mentality as a student athlete growing up was, I'm the only one who has to answer to me. And so I've got to go with this alone. My parents can't make me a better player. I've got to do this myself. And so if you think about that conversation translating over into mental health and mental wellness, how many of us, myself included, try to try to sort of work in that zone of, I got, I've got this. I don't need anybody's help. Like, I'm going to go at it on my own. A lot of people have a difficult time asking for help because, again, there's that shame. There's the you know, judgment that could come from that. There's having to admit that something isn't going well. You know, the people that you see who have the smiles on their faces all the time, who are your busiest people, Mark, you and I have talked about this, you know, there's, there's this piece of, I have to always present like I have it all together. And that's the expectation that we are setting for our children. It's the expectation that we are setting for our community that it's not okay to not be okay. And that's where this conversation, and I'm so appreciative of you guys having it, that's the piece that we have to break through. We have to let kids know it's okay to make a mistake. You know, as a kid, I'm not gonna always get it right. As a parent, we don't always get it right. As a human being, we don't get it right. But we have forgotten to give our children permission to get it wrong without it being a punitive and horrible conversation between whether it's a parent, whether it's a coach who doesn't handle it well, there are amazing coaches out there. There are also coaches who take it upon themselves to break kids down and don't build them up because nine times out of ten, our athletes aren't going to be in the MLB. They're not going to the professional soccer league. You know, they're not going to the NFL. So if we can instill in our kids that it's okay to make a mistake as you learn and grow, that's the best coaching that we see. And I think, too, Bethann, the, the challenge is uh, we just talk about like having our whole life ahead of us if, if you're, say, 15 years, age, 15 years of age. But think about at 15, you're taking the SATs. If you're an athlete, you're also trying to perform at the highest level so that you can also get maybe an athletic scholarship. You could be looked upon. However, there is a lot of pressure at just that young age that does affect your future to an extent. Now, that doesn't mean that if you don't perform well that, you're, that your life's over and it's thrown away by far that doesn't mean that but nonetheless there are at a very young age there's some really important you know stress times in these kids lives where you can understand that and that's that's the challenge obviously as a parent or coach as well because you do have to acknowledge that that getting good grades and hopefully testing well is important but that doesn't mean that if you don't do well that it's all over either so it's a very fine line to have to walk at, at that kind of age for instance yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and Mike, I think your points are well taken because you are right. It, the grades, the the testing, the getting into school, the doing your very best. Nobody is saying don't move in a direction of expecting the best of your kids. Mm-hmm. But when we expect more, sometimes we have to adjust our expectations to make sure that those expectations hit a, a healthy level. You know, when we look at the suicide rate 
in um, countries like Japan, the much higher suicide rate because mm-hmm. the expectation and what all the research is showing that the expectation for performance of children by the Japanese culture is, is in times just it's off the charts. Mm-hmm. And so the kids succumb to the pressure. And I think that's the same thing. And, you know, when I think about these student athletes, the soccer player who was named player of the week the week before, there there's a lot happening for kids. And so we can't assume that the star player who has that, quote unquote, it all together, you know, you look at the Miss America who committed suicide mm-hmm. a few months back. It, perception and what people bring to the table and how we present in public is so different than what's happening on the inside and i've said this to you all before you know when you break an arm somebody can see that you have a cast on we don't cast our mental health there's no visible signs that give you the ability to say i am not doing well if we choose to keep those signs inside and and kids get really well at hiding that kind of stuff because it's their survival strategy and so it's really important that we are cultivating a culture of questions and staying curious and asking our kids and checking in. And the reality is that you could do all of that. And if a child is really suffering in such a way, you may not see any of those signs. And so it's really just about helping to cultivate the culture. Push kids. I'm not saying don't push them. I mean, I have student athletes in my own little house. My two little men are athletes, and you know we absolutely expect but you've got to be reasonable and remember to to how we're having these conversations and helping kids to to thrive, not just survive. It's funny you bring up the parental part of it, because that's where I wanted to go next was, you know, we were talking about, you know, the coaches and the way they, you know, break them down and don't build them back up. At the same time, you've got parents out there that put more pressure on their kids than the coaches themselves and mm-hmm. you know I, I think sometimes parents try to live through their kids vicariously you know i mean absolutely tra- travel ball at seven yep. eight nine years yep. old i mean you know what we're finding now are kids and, and we've talked to some athletes right here on this podcast where they have done travel ball for years mm-hmm. and then when they got to the, the high school they finish up high school they're done. Yeah, they they're were, burned out. They, yeah, yeah, they were doing travel ball because they were going to go to college, and mom and dad thought they were going to play D1 and be playing for Alabama or Virginia Tech in the national championship or something. And, you know, the kids are burnt out. So mm-hmm. it, it's it, – we got to – as parents, we have to back off the pressures of our kids that are student athletes as well. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, listen, if you want to play travel ball at 7, 8, and 9, that's fine. But at the same time – you know, these these kids aren't getting picked up by, you know, the Yankees or the Orioles while they're playing at seven, eight, nine years old. Right, and you know what, Mark? So I totally, a hundred percent, agree with you. And I and I think part of it is we have to let our children drive the bus on those decisions. And so it, if you are finding yourself as a parent hearing us talk about this, thinking, is it my kid who loves to play travel ball or is it me? And you know, I have two. I have two situations in my own house. My oldest has been playing travel ball since he was eight, and he loves it. He lives for it. That's what he wants to do. My youngest, he got to a point after two years. I don't want to do this anymore. Okay, that's fine. Right. You know, we could have pushed him. He's an excellent baseball player, but my ex-husband and I had the conversation of, what is the point in forcing him to play a sport that he doesn't want to play? He's excellent. He's actually 
you know, he was one of the best on his team. But at the end of the day, he said, I don't want to do it. And so we have to be able to get out of our own way as parents and be able to have, because you're right, Mark, there are so many parents who sit on these sidelines and you would think that it was like their little clone on the field. And really what you see is that that person probably is reliving their childhood through their own kid. And, you know, I have a philosophy at all of the sporting events that I go to. You're either a parent, you're an umpire, or a coach. You need to know your role, Mm. and you need to stay in your lane. And so as a parent, when there are coaching decisions being made, as long as it is not harming your child, as long as it is not putting your child in a position where they are being torn down on a repeated basis, coaches get upset from time to time. We know that. That's part of the game. Coaches do. <laughs> if you're if you're needing to step in as a parent because it is what is best for your child's mental health and their ability to thrive, that's fine. But I am astounded how many parents try to be coaches from the sidelines or try oh, to scream yeah. and yell at umpires. You know, I just I'm a true believer that there's three roles at every baseball game. Know your role, stay in it. As a parent, you're always going to step in when your child needs you. But other than that, you've got to let people coach as long as it is bringing up skills and bringing up your kids well. And I I think there is a lot to be said about we are teaching skills, we are teaching tools, we are teaching kids how to enjoy sports, not how to beat them down into the ground where they don't want to play once they get to high school. And Beth Ann, I think you bring up an interesting example. Mark talks about parents living vicariously through their kids, and usually it's parents that didn't end up having the careers that they thought they would or maybe they should have had. Oftentimes it's that. I mean, and, and God bless my dad, and I never had the talent my dad or my one uncle did, but my dad had an outstanding high school career and played in college, so he didn't need to live vicariously through me, and he would have been <laughs> successful at that anyway, unfortunately. I was good, but I was not at his level. But the example you just brought up with your one son where here you have a son who has a lot of talent and as a parent maybe your first reaction would be gosh i'd hate to let you know this god-given talent um you know not get used but you're absolutely right if if the if if your child is not into it it's not something that that they want to do that makes them happy that then yeah i mean it 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 may be a little tough but ultimately right uh you know forcing them into doing something even as talented as they may be in a certain area that's that's not the way uh, not the way to go Yeah, you know, I mean, it was. It was a really hard conversation for my ex-husband and I because we both see the talent, and he especially has always wanted to have two boys playing baseball. And the reality was what ended up happening is my youngest son found soccer, and he loves it. And, and you know, Ed, my ex-husband, said, I just, it's going to be really hard for me not to have two boys playing baseball, but we knew it was the right decision no matter how hard it was for us because ultimately it's about your child being happy not about you forcing your child to do something that you feel like they should be doing well at least he's got the one it could be over two there yeah right exactly exactly he could sit at home and watch the hallmark channel or something (laughs) right right (laughs) you know it's just that that ongoing reminder that sometimes we don't get it right as parents, you know, we don't always make the right decisions and sometimes we have to back up and, and sometimes it's our turn to take the lead in the situation with our child. But sometimes we just have to hear what our child wants. You know, if, if your kid is miserable going to practice, if your kid is not enjoying it, you know, there is that negotiation of you signed up for something, you need to finish the season. Yeah, yep. There's also the negotiation of 
what's best for your kid. And so I think we all have to make those decisions, and I pass no judgment on anyone who continues to push their kid. That just wasn't what was right for our family. It wasn't what was right for my child. Um, and I think ultimately he's, it's helped us to create a better conversation around, you know, he, you need to do what you love, and if you're not loving what you do, I mean, we think that as adults all the time, right? Like we're not going to stay in something as adults that we really don't want to be doing if it's our extracurricular time. We need to have that same lens with our kids. So let's talk about uh, if we know somebody that or see come across somebody that uh, just seems to be struggling. Um, yeah. what, what can we do to help someone who may be suicidal? You know, so here's our, a real simple um, a three-step thing that we talk about all the time with our suicide prevention campaign. It's our Ask, Listen, and Share campaign. And, you know, we talk about seeing someone who looks like they're struggling. We need to be checking in with even the kids who don't look like they're struggling. The, the kids that are the silent, more, the more silent behind-the-scenes kids, the ones that aren't causing the problems in school, they're doing well in grades, they're doing well in sports, they need to be checked in on just as much as the child who's causing a problem or who's not excelling at school. And if we just check in, how are you doing? And, and ask questions, not are you doing okay, where they can say yes or no. You know, checking in with our students and having a conversation of, how are you doing? Tell me something that happened at school today that was difficult, or tell me something that was really good about your day today. The more that we can engage kids in conversation-like questions, the more that we will be able to glean from what's happening. And knowing that we have to go back to our students. If your gut as a parent, as a coach, as a community member is telling you something's not right, pay attention to that. Our guts tell us a lot. And so, you know, it might be that, you know, Mike, you see somebody and you've checked in with them three or four times. You might have to go back for five, six, and seven to mm -hmm. say, I'm just checking in on you. And when you do that, you know, we all get really busy. Sometimes we ask people how they're doing and we're so busy going to the next game or going to the next job or, you know, a meeting or picking up the phone. We need to engage ourselves in staying and listening for the answer. And if somebody says to you, I'm not doing okay, then you don't have to solve the problem. Simply, I don't even know what to say, but I'm so glad that you shared with me because the final piece of that campaign is share. Our job is not to be the expert in everything. So if someone says to you, I'm not doing okay, you don't have to solve that problem. You can just share the resources. And there are behavioral health clinics just like ours all around the region. And with telehealth now, we can get kids connected in a, a quicker manner. And so if we just follow that Ask, Listen, and Share campaign, again, we don't have to have all the answers. The job is to just listen, acknowledge what you've heard. It's okay to say, I don't even know what to say, but we can get you connected. You know, never promise a kid that, that you're going to keep something. You know, if they say, I'm going to tell you something, but you can't tell anybody, make sure that you never say, okay. Just say, I, you know, I will do my best to maintain everything in this conversation where it needs to be. But we need to make sure that we're giving our kids the space to also know that we're going to take care of them. And if someone says, I'm going to be harming myself tomorrow, you need to be able to share that out. So those right. are some of the pieces that I think are really important. Good stuff. If, if you're someone that's listening and you are on the brink and you feel like, you know, that this is it, um, there is a National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. But 4L Seasons also has a line available as well that you guys help people on a daily basis. 
Yeah, absolutely. We have our 24-hour hotline. It's in English and in Spanish. We also have a text line because we realize that this generation doesn't always like to pick up the phone. <laughs> right. And so that um, 24-hour hotline is 410-820-5600. And our Spanish hotline is also our English and Spanish text line. And so that's for any of our Spanish-speaking community to place a phone call, or you can text in English or Spanish to 410 410- Eight two nine six one four three. Beth Ann Langrell for all seasons, and uh, we've been talking about suicide and and mental health awareness and and the mental health of ourselves. It's important to know that you don't have to carry that uh, the world on your shoulders. There is help out there. Sometimes just talking to somebody makes the difference between uh, uh, you getting things off your shoulders and be able to handle things. Sometimes we just need somebody to help us point us and point us in the right direction so that uh, so we can manage all of these stresses in life because let's face it life is stressful with high gas prices and you know covid and monkey pox and and you know and, and chicken pox and shingles and and all that other stuff that's yes. going on out there it's important that you you get some help when it's okay you say it all the time it's okay to not be okay because for so long we didn't know it was okay to not be okay, but we all have yeah. problems. We do. We do, Mark. And, you know, it, it, as I'm sitting and listening to you start to wrap us up, I think it's important for me to also share out for all the coaches and the parents that are listening. You know, a talk like this would be really great for student athletes to hear at the beginning of a season. And so I certainly mm-hmm. want to make sure that all of your listening community knows that in addition to us being here for direct services or using the hotline. If there's a team out there that's hearing the podcast, if there's a parent of an athlete and they want to talk to the coach, I am happy to come and and meet with student athletes and kick off a season in a way that we can begin this conversation. I can come back more than once if the team wants to do a continued dialogue. You know, part of my job is making sure that we are saturating our community with this information. So um, for your listening community out there, if there is someone, whether it's a workplace, whether it's a sporting activity, whether it's a team, you know, the the ability for us to come and have these conversations with the experts in the room is absolutely available. I love that. That is awesome that uh, you'd be able to and be willing to do that because uh, I, I guess at the end of the day, the whole thing is we want to save lives, right? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is the life-saving work that we do day in and day out. And if we if we can't offer up the ability to stretch the communication and the connection with our with our student athletes, we're going to end up seeing the same results over and over again. So, you know, in my world, that's part of the solution that we're trying to find is to be able to talk and have these conversations just like we're doing today. For all seasons, they serve the five-county area across the midshore, uh, and there's other organizations just like them that, uh, you know, down in Salisbury and Worcester County and such as well. Um, give folks information, again, how they can get a hold of you. Make sure you include the Facebook page and the website address as well. Absolutely. So our main number is 410-822-1018. We have seven offices across the uh, five counties of the Midshore, but we serve all counties with telehealth. Um, and you can reach us through our Facebook page at For All Seasons Behavioral Health and RCC. Our website is For All Seasons Inc.org. And you, again, you can call those 24 hour hotlines. <clears throat> English hotline is 410 820 5600. And our Spanish hotline, which is also the English and Spanish text line, is 410 410- 
829-6143. Fantastic. Beth Ann Langrell, 4L Seasons. Of course, this segment of the podcast has been sponsored by our friends at 4L Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center, providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric education, and rape crisis services to the English and Spanish-speaking communities, regardless of one's ability to pay. More info at 4AllSeasonsInc.org. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It is greatly appreciated. Thanks to both of you for bringing an important topic to the community. Good. So we want to thank Beth Ann Langrell from 4L Seasons and also uh, Al Waters for joining us today. And Brendan Riley did reach out to me. And uh, he's just crazy busy. And so we're going to catch up with him in a couple of weeks, in fact, okay. on our next podcast. And we'll be able to talk about the post-game experience of right. coaching in the Big 33. In the Big 33. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, yep. we do appreciate that. But, you know, my goodness, just running the gamut on all these conversations. And, and I know we got a little deep, but I think it was a conversation that needed to be had and well these are yeah these are important mark to have yeah. these from time to time about mental health and the aspect because a lot of the issues that we talk about there absolutely hit home yeah. with the you know we cover high school sports i mean it, mental health is any age but it definitely hits home from the 14 to 18 year old or 14 to 17 year old absolutely i, I was blown we've all away. been there before i was blown away the 15 to 24 year olds and how depending on the survey it's the second or third leading cause of death for those individuals and it just it hit home it hit home with me you know with, yeah. with two kids an 18 and 19 year old no i understand i understand it as a parent as well you're not always getting necessarily your uh your young adult at that point right. to communicate with you. Now, I think you've got a really good relationship with your kids where they probably do but not every parent has that necessarily well, the boy is just uh -huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, well, that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. That's just you know, boys that's at that right. age, just or young men at that age. But, right. but still, uh, they, they, but even for parents, who were, you know, we talk about maybe friends or, or a right. friend of a friend that you know, or maybe a, a coworker or a distant coworker. But among your own children, sometimes you don't always know what's going on. You try, but that's where it's uh, really important. And it, it, it's interesting, real quick. And I could say this only because he came out and made a, a statement about it. A coworker of mine at my part-time job in Baltimore at the sports station uh, worked with him for a number of years just great guy down to earth happy guy uh, one of the producers there and also does some on air stuff as well does a great job has really come along and he came out mm, oh geez maybe now eight months ago maybe almost a year and made mention about you know some of the mental health uh, you know issues that he was dealing with and, and took a little time for that and I'm telling you Mark you would never thought in a million years right. that I mean he was a happy-go-lucky guy I always enjoyed working with him in person prior to COVID and all that now we're all doing things remotely but it, it, you never would have thought it, but you, you just can't assume people put on a facade. So even the happy, lucky go people or people you think have everything, talk to them, ask them as well. Absolutely. And uh, thanks to Beth Ann for stepping up. If you're a coach of a uh, sporting program, yeah. Yeah, she'll come talk to you know, to the group. And it, it's not a suck the life out of you type talk. It's, you know, hey, don't be afraid to mention when you need help. 
And I, and I think that's what boils down. Hey, being uh, 15 yeah. is yeah. tough. I mean, yeah. we know as adults, we have a lot more on our plate, no doubt about it. And sometimes we wish we were 15 again. But the, the life of a 15-year-old also uh, isn't easy. Oh, I wouldn't want to go back to 15. No. I, I wouldn't mind 18 again. Okay, I, I, I got might you. do but, things a little differently. Uh, yeah, I, got, <laughs> I got you. Well, you, get so, the, you get the point. I do. I do. So, uh, well, thanks again to uh, Al Waters and Bethany Langrell for joining us. And, uh, uh, of course, we'll have more on... Harold Somerville being announced as the new head yeah. coach of Kent County. Yeah, I got to get him on in a we'll few weeks. We'll get uh, Brennan Riley back on with us as well. And uh, stay tuned. We've got we got more announcements coming up. <laughs> Looking forward to... Boy, the, do we ever. Yeah. <laughs> so, as, uh, we've got all uh, that coming up right here. And uh, if, if you can share, share this podcast with friends. And uh, I don't know, it, it might be a nice way to tell people, you know, hey, listen to this podcast. We, you know, uh, because it, they're talking about a pretty deep subject. Yeah, please let and, student athletes that you know yeah. know whether you coach them or know them or whatever family friends please, especially with that segment. Yeah, and of course check out shoresportsmd.com. Mike Bradley, Mark Potter, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you in a couple of weeks with episode thirty-eight. But for now, hopefully you enjoyed episode thirty-seven. You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another timeout soon here on ShoresportsMD.com.